0: Welcome, everyone, to The Deep Dive, the podcast that skips small talk and goes straight for the concepts that shape our thinking and behavior. In this podcast, cold expertise is defenestrated as warm philosophy is enthroned in an attempt to explore the field in which we're all scientists looking for answers, living well. Welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive with Ayal Shai. Today I'm joined by Dashiell Barkhas. Hi, Dashiell. Hi, Ayal. It's good to have you here. And without further ado, I'd love to hear from you. What is an idea or concept that has helped you uh, live better?
1: So an idea um, that's helped me live better is being very patient with myself and taking things, uh, with a a long view and dedicating my days a little at a time towards the longer view. so the first uh, the like the beginning of my exploration with patients was when I started to work out uh, i I've been like throughout my life, I tried to start a workout routine many many times, and I would go i would you know, go to see a trainer and we would work out for an hour and he would push me really hard. And then I'd be very, very sore that week. And it would be really hard to work out more that week. And maybe I'd keep up that routine um, like seeing a trainer like twice a, a week and and having trouble going to the gym the rest of the days for two months and then stop. And then finally, I I, I always wanted to be one of those people who like worked out every single day or like, just like made, made working out a habit. And I was never very athletic. And, and so I, I was, I just decided that I I was going to do that. I was going to be somebody who worked out all the time. And I was going to start with just working out for one minute every single day for a month. And And, and no, and I wasn't allowed to work out anymore. So I wouldn't feel bad if I didn't work out uh, more than a minute. Like that was, that was all I was allowed to do. And I did that for, for a month and it was easy to commit to. So then I did it for, uh, then I did it the next month. I did it five minutes every day. And the next month I did 10 minutes every day. And then it got bigger and bigger until it became like normal routine. And now it's, that was in two thousand. 17 i think i think it's been five years and i've worked out every single day and it's now it's like something i don't notice and it's a lifestyle
0: yeah that's that's great i'm really interested in hearing um how did you first uh, he uh, came come across the idea at all and before then did you have any uh, were you giving yourself a hard time over not actually uh, picking up habits that you wanted
1: Um, yeah, I think, I, I think I just like, I don't know exactly where I heard the idea. I might've been reading books like about habits probably. And I think I heard something about like, you know, consistency, like it's more about consistency, you know? And so I just shifted my mind from when you first work out, like you want to already be, you want to already be like strong and, and like, you think you're going to get like muscles in the next week or like, be like every, like the gym rats. But so that, like that is, it's patience. You have to stop with uh, like thinking you're going to be what you want to be in a really short time and realize that if you can do it for, if you could just like commit to it, then we think we can, do a lot more in a shorter time. And we like underestimate how much we can do in a long time. So I started to just think about that. Like, well, if I'm not going to be, am I okay with being like a little flabby for a while still, but being really fit in in five years and then like continuing to be a fit person for the rest of my life? Yeah. And it's not working for me to work out so hard every day and then, and then quit. So I, I just, I don't know if I heard somebody, I don't know if, I don't think I heard anybody do the one minute a day thing. It was just something that I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like snowball into this so that I don't even notice it's happening. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And I really like it. Uh, I think that in general patience is not a virtue that's embodied by many young people these days If you, if you look at, um, at least my parents' generations and, and even more so my grandparents' generation, you know, people did work decades toward the goals that they had in mind. And I think that this definitely changed with the rapid progress uh, that we made on the technological front and things like that is we can come up with an idea in an instant, like you say, about where we would like to be. And then then the hard part begins of actually ordering, um, setting uh, way stations along the way until you get to the, or waypoints until you get to the actual goal. And I myself have not been excelling with this for a long, long time because I would be so excited by the idea itself, like you say, and I I would already want to be there. And then Mm -hmm. if, the the work that's needed is not going to take me there within days or something like that. That would be demoralizing, and I do think that it's a uh, overall over a long period of time that is a self defeating kind of pattern, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense with the with technology. Also, because we can just see what somebody's end, what they look like in the end. Right. Yeah, right. and people people don't really like to share the middle parts, like they like to, and people don't, and people don't, people don't like to share with other people, like the, 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 the stages in from their the stage of growth, but also it's just not a popular thing to talk about and share. Like, Oh, I heard somebody started working out and, and they like gain, they, I don't know. And nothing's happened. Like you're not sharing that news with your friends. So we're not encouraged to like share it with other people and see it. And so I, and that's also happened like with uh, with other things like coding and, and growing my business. Like I noticed that people were really impatient with the middle, especially with the business. People would ask me when when I was growing Wish tender, they would be like, um, like it, when I was in the beginning, they would be like, oh, you're still doing that? Like they were like, they had no patience for me. They didn't have patience for me to grow it. And if like, you have to have patience that, that people aren't going to give to you that's what i realized like everyone got impatient with me learning to code and me growing my business way before i did
0: yeah that's uh again i i can i can relate i mean this podcast is still work in progress and you know it's by no means has made any sort of um um did not explode let's say and it's it's it, it does feel like a, a long plateau and i'm trying to to be happy with that because it also comes from the fact that i'm not rushing anywhere um i have this wishful thinking that you know it would be a source of income for me to just make a, a humble living and that this could be seen as, as something that does contribute to the world. And so maybe uh, people would want to contribute back, but I don't really see it as um, as as a do or die thing. And it kind of helps me be in that long middle path. And it's I think that was a, a cure for me for that problem of really wanting to get there is just kind of letting go of the... Of the aspiration, in a sense, it's just like let's start doing something because it is first and mm-hmm. foremost fun for us, and the process is enjoyable. And then I don't have to uh, to be so anxious about what actually happens in the end. Which you know, I assume with with any sort of startup, it's the same thing because success, uh, like material success or anything like that cannot be guaranteed could it
1: right yeah so i was okay with it failing from the beginning cuz for me it was like a learning experience it was my first uh it, it's my first real like project that i tried to do after for after learning to code and i i always thought even if like it doesn't take off it's good for, it's just like good as a learning experience for me. And it's just my first project. So I didn't care what happened. Um, I I obviously wanted it to do well, but that's, that's like hard that that's a little like mentally hard to have people like to, to know that you're okay with failing and the people around you maybe aren't like that was difficult for sometimes and 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 like you have a lot of people who don't really see it the same the same way Uh, and that's where the patience with myself helped a lot and being being more patient than other people are with me does that make
0: sense yeah yeah it does so you you mean some people obviously are not going to feel comfortable uh, with a loved one let's say you in this case taking taking a path of you know going into the unknown to some extent right so a lot of people want that base to come back to the stability the um, being able to predict where you're going to be in a little while and then you have to sometimes supply your own um belief in yourself right basically it's uh mm-hmm. it's it's also something that i found out that nobody's going to do it for you nobody's going to do the yeah. believing the believing in you for you
1: mm-hmm. yeah people in the beginning were very uh didn't didn't really believe any like that what i was saying i think i was more um optimistic in the beginning but then there was a point where people were more optimistic than me and i was like i think once they start seeing little like a little anything they're like oh you're the next Elon Musk. And like, no, I'm very far (laughs) from anything, (laughs) but, um, yeah, people need, people need to see proof and they don't, um, they don't really care about your, your progress. So you have to learn to care about it yourself.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And I love the way that you, um, put it through the perspective of, of patients because, that's what it is i think that in our culture the culture is of like be a tarantula in the sense that it's like you have to go out in the forest and actively um, seek prey and chase things and hunt them down and a lot of things in life uh, call for different behavior maybe more like a frog you know sitting there knowing what could happen but not necessarily knowing uh, when exactly and looking at things from a stochastic point of view rather than deterministic meaning that yeah i know it's it's totally possible that whatever i'm i'm doing right now is going to succeed and it's possible and i don't need more than that and i can't have more than that because the Things that are brought to our attention as like, here, go down that path and you'll be successful are are that middle path that kind of um, sentences us to sort of never being completely free, right? And if you want to be free, you have to just know that there's a chance that it's going to materialize or succeed, uh, but not know when and then just do what you can to allow it to happen rather than, very forcefully mm-hmm. bring it about.
1: Yeah, rather than having a a a set a hard set goal, it's better to have a set a, a path, like something you know you're just you're gonna do. And people ask me a lot, what in the in the beginning of the year, like what where I want which to be by the end of the year, or, or people always ask me like where I want things, what do you want to get, what, where do you want to be, what's your goal, and. I don't really like that because then if I don't, if I don't hit it, I feel like a failure. Even if I did every single thing I should have done in, in between that time. Um, I just like to just like, just keep going and and see when I do what I need to do, when I market with gender, when I code every day, like when I'm, when I, I have little goals of things I need to accomplish, Whatever happens outside that's not really in my control. So it's not, I don't. And then also, if you have a goal, like if I have a goal, like, okay, I have to make $10,000 uh, MMR in a month, like, or MRR in a month, then I might lose focus on what's important just to hit that goal. Like, I might totally change the business just so I hit 10,000 MRR. But I, I, it's not, it's not always like the, these metrics aren't always important. I wanna hit 10, 10 RR, which I did this month, I think sort of, but I wanna hit that knowing that I built something I'm, I'm proud of and that I like, and then I'm, I'm happy to continue building and not just, oh, I hit this number. So like the whole picture is important and what you do every step of the way builds that picture and not one metric at the end of a certain, a certain time frame.
0: Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And I think that another reason why we might be, we as in generally the general populace, um, not to be so patient is, I think, because we're also bombarded with these, and you mentioned it, like images of what success looks like and what it has associated with it. Um, but what we're led to believe, I think in a, in a large part, in large part is that it's kind of the pyramid is, is, um, is put on its head and that is showing, well, you know, really successful people or really good products. Well, now they have all these, um, fans, followers, whatever this, whatever metric that can be associated with success, you know, a lot of money, a lot of followers, uh, and and so the focus that is that is put forth is get those followers right because it's it's correlated with success when in fact and this is this is somehow easier to talk about because i think the rules for building a following or building an audience or something like that are actually simpler then doing, taking your very idiosyncratic way toward success, which you are mentioning, working behind the scenes, doing, doing this work that doesn't usually is not usually shown to the world, probably because it's not glamorous mm-hmm. in any way, yeah. you know, and the focus is yeah. put on the glamorous aspects of, of work, of success and people are pushed to, to work on that. So, um, mm-hmm. I see that with, um, well, I mean, Twitter is a prime example because you see all these tips for for audience building. Uh, But what are you actually going to tell this audience? I I always wonder, it's like, what do you do with this audience? (laughs) Then you think if you have an audience that you've built because you tweeted like crazy about something. uh, So now, you know, you're going to put any product out there and these people are just going to buy it or it, it seems bizarre sometimes.
1: Is it the, what the, the monster that is Twitter?
0: Yeah. And yeah. And and just the notion that if you have an audience, that's it, uh, you've made it. And it's like, you haven't made anything.
1: Oh, sometimes I don't even want an audience. Like it's, I, I love, okay. I love that. I, I, I love admiration and I love that I have followers and I think that's really cool. But then when I had a smaller account, I could post whatever I wanted and I wouldn't feel so self-conscious. And now I'm thinking like, I have followers from this group. I have followers from this group. I have followers from this group. I don't want to like, I don't really want to upset people. And I know people don't, and I also don't like, I want to do what I want to do still. So sometimes I think that the idea that speaking in a way that it's useful is a good concept. So not trying to, you know, trying to say things that like, the audience will enjoy is a good idea but i also don't want to not be myself because i'm worried about what people are thinking so sometimes i'll post something that's not like offensive but it might be boring or it might be just like give a little clue to some people that i'm not what i'm not a some box that you think i'm in and the point is to call my followers so i'll post something that i'm like i think i'll lose followers over this because I don't want, I just want to get rid of anybody now who might have a problem with me in the future. So I'll post something like small. When uh, when I was learning about NFTs, a lot of people didn't like that. And someone was like, don't, if you start sharing more about NFTs, I'm going to unfollow you. And I was also someone like, I kind of knew, I did, I had people who knew me unfollow me. It's like, you can use the mute button, by the way. It's like- yeah to not hurt people's feelings (laughs) but they um and I just learned about it for a little bit but like I've always learned about online like that's that's my process like I I post everything I learn online now I'm a little I don't do it as much but since I learned to code I've been coding everything and posting everything online um and NFTs is a thing I wanted to learn about so and when Web3 and blockchain so I was learning about it and I was posting about it and um that was only for uh, maybe two months, and not every day, just like maybe once every two weeks or something. And people, like I don't remember the how this the point of this exactly, but people were upset with me for um, sharing just a little bit of that, and they were calling me a crypto bro, and some people were like like strangers. Strangers, especially people who found me through wish gender. So yeah, the mo- so I guess the point was the, the, because like there were these, like it, it, I had a bigger pool of people looking at me. I don't know. They just felt like they could tell me, they could like say things to me about what I was learning. Like you can't do that. And when I had a smaller, when I had a smaller account, I could learn whatever I want. Um, but that in that middle, that learning things, like I I'm not posting that I'm an NFT a company and like, or, or right. I designed it. I'm going to sell. I'm just like, I'm just learning about this. And most people won't do that. So people would criticize me and say, you're crypto bro. When I was doing every, something that most people were probably doing who are engineers or CTOs, like mm. they're learning about new technology. I was learning about it publicly. I was showing the little gritty things that people don't want to, uh, like share cause, but, but I like sharing those details. I like sharing like, this is just what I'm learning. And this is my process and I'm not good at this yet. And um, I don't know anything about it. And I don't even know if I like it. I don't know if I like, I did at the time, I didn't know if I was pro NFT or against them. And I was pr- kind of critical of them, but people thought I was like really into NFTs because I was showing the process. So. Yeah,
0: I yeah. think, I think that it's, it, it's really Striking how you could get so easily sidetracked if you if we chase, um, like adoration because, and and I get why you say you like it, of course. I think we all like it, we all like seeing. I mean, that's why social media is so popular because you can Mm -hmm. see the likes rack up and and you can be, but this is the opposite of letting your actions speak for you, right? Because then if if you somehow develop a persona that gets you these things, then we are just so wired that we get our fill for a moment, right? And it's sort mm-hmm. of like empty calories because this you're not going to feel very full for long, just getting light. Right. Um, but then you're on that treadmill and I think that it does get people sidetracked from whatever project they were working on patiently that, you know, ultimately uh, getting to a point. And I don't think a, a project is something that necessarily ever finishes and you launch, like sometimes it's just your life's work, but a project is something that speaks for you, right? You don't actually need to do that. And I think that actually the people who are at the Top of their trade or whatever they're doing are people who have not ultimately built an audience first and then um, and then did something with it. Although you know the Kardashians might be uh, an inspiration to do oh, that, yeah. I suppose. Um, and also, I wanted to to go back to something you mentioned, which is doing something and treating it as a as a learning process, as as with your um, coding uh, journey or or founding your first startup. I think that's massively important to, uh, to tell people that whatever you're going to do is going to be part of your resume and is going to be part of your soul going forward and part of your mind. You're going to learn new things that cannot be taken away from you. And ultimately, it's very interesting because even if you started something which is financially unsuccessful i think whoever is going to look at you and assess you as as a person as maybe a potential employee a potential partner anything like that is going to be impressed regardless of whether this made money or not because i think anybody who knows anything about the world is that it takes luck too right and if you can show that you are the kind of person who puts in the work patiently and just works on that rather than pulling off publicity stunt, that mm-hmm. says something, uh, that says something about you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. The, I, I think that's, I well, I, I had been showing my whole process because I thought, yeah, even if I don't. Succeeded what i'm doing like my process will show what i what i did what i tried to do to get there and i do feel like with wish tender i was sort of lucky like i never paid for marketing um and uh i saw what my competitors did they did a lot of like they put in a lot of money it looks like they put in a lot of money to grow what they did and and i think there's merit to To growing without, to growing more organically, and to growing by paying for things. Um, So I don't think one way is better than the other, but it does. Like it felt like, oh, if I didn't pay for marketing, there must be a lot of luck involved, Um, and I maybe couldn't be here if 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 I didn't if I didn't get lucky and people want started sharing what I built and uh, and just finding the idea was lucky like I didn't come up with it. Somebody brought it to me. And hmm. so I, all oh, there's all these people building in the building public on Twitter. And, and they're all trying to come up with ideas. And I was just lucky that one got brought to me, but then, then also not really. Cause like the whole, I had been very open with friends that I'm like looking for an idea to build, So please come to me with any idea. So then a friend came to me with one. And then it, I, I it was like, Oh, that made sense. But, um, Yeah, I the the I I really wanted to share the process to so to put myself in a good position in the future, but also because I wanted to see what other people were. I wanted to see people's process, and there it it, there weren't a lot of examples of what people did to get from one place to another. Um, It was just like somebody starts to code, and and now they have a job, or Um, somebody, um, just like all of a sudden they're, uh, they have a business. And so I always want to know, like, what are the, what are the steps? Like, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to behind the scenes. So I started sharing what I was doing to, to get from here to there. And hopefully other people who also have like a patience for themselves will try to look through what I did and be inspired by it. I think there's a lot of people who just want to see, like when I when I when I win something, and I you know when I when I get a, when a big goal is achieved, and I post it. Like I was, I noticed that when I post, um, I used to get more attention on blog like blog posts about how I did something when I was smaller. Now that account is bigger. I get uh, when I post something like here's how here's like a step by step of how I did something. Uh, how I grew uh, how I grew wish tender or how I uh, designed this page on my site nobody interacts with it anymore and that's how I that's how I got to where I am but then when I post something like this is where I am here's a picture of my stripe page everybody shares it everybody's obsessed with it and I'm like this isn't the important part like it's Uh, how I how I got here that's important
0: yeah yeah that's that's that's, that's a great anecdote. And yeah, I mean, it shows a natural tendency to really care for the results. And there's a a little story that I think I shared before in the podcast, but it's worth repeating. And I think it's a uh, Penn Gillette who is um, a famous Las Vegas magician or whatever they call themselves, um, <laughs> illusionist. Uh, he said that, you know, growing up in a, in a small town, I think actually, I think around Chicago somewhere, he never knew anybody in show business he didn't know that it was a viable way to make a living or anything like that but he wanted to be a magician and one day he just stumbled on the uh, bootleg recordings of of the beatles from the from the studio where they're just playing they're just messing with with the instruments and they're messing things up and they don't do it right and they they feel frustrated you know, and all that. And he, it was a a light bulb moment for him because, oh, so, you know, they don't just sit there, drink a beer, and then they say, okay, now let's go make a masterpiece. And they get in the studio and something like, you know, all you need is love is coming out. It's like, no, this is exactly what you're saying. Now, now he just, he got a glimpse into the, the bulk of the iceberg and not just the tip. And this is, so important and there are literally no shortcuts i think um for all the attention that the kardashians drew to themselves and really inspired a lot of people to be famous for being famous how many people have done it that, that's a totally freaky thing that happened i don't think there is there is another like that you know and i could i could probably think of one or two artists who have just by chance were discovered when they were ten or something, and it was just so easy for them. But that is far from being mm-hmm. the rule, right? So we need to to remember that that the hard work must be must be there. And I, I don't know, you know what? Now that I think about the one minute a day thing that you mentioned, saying hard work is actually kind of um, it could be a fallacy. Yeah. Maybe you just want uh, yeah. to do the consistent work. Maybe it's not hard.
1: Yeah. I think if you train yourself, well, one minute doesn't seem hard. Right. But if you, if you go from the that first month of zero minutes to one minute, that's easy. Um, And then the next to, going from one to five is easy. And then going from five minutes to 10 minutes is easy. But even going from maybe zero minutes to 10 minutes a day would have been, would have felt hard. So it's like, it's just snowballing. Actually, when I, now I remember when I started doing this, I was reading a book called The Slight Edge. And there was, this book was kind of about this like snowball effect of, of um, growth where you do a little bit, a little bit and like, you don't really feel the changes Mm -hmm. for And for me, it was almost even addicting. Like it it was so, so small of a change that it just became my new normal. And now like when I code, like I want to code, it used to be hard for me to get to the computer and code, but because I've snowballed into the habit of coding every day, now it's hard for me not to code. Like that's what I want to do on a weekend at night. So, but when, when you do that, like, it's like all of a sudden it's like, whoop, it's this exponential curve that you just, you don't even, but you don't even feel it. Whereas if you went from um, nothing to trying, you know 45 minutes of workout every day or eight hours of coding every day, it would feel really hard. So I don't, I don't even think I like seeing things as hard because they, you won't do them. So I do whatever I can to make it easy. And I just use, use time as um, as a way to get to where where I want, even with Wish gender, there were a lot of people were when it was in the beginning, it, it had no traction, and I was going to all sorts of um, other founders and older older people who were in business for longer, people who are my age who were like maybe had a second business or uh, or were also founders the same level as me, and everybody was, uh, I asked them like, what should I be doing? What am I doing wrong? And they were all really worried that I was messing everything up. And that's why we weren't (sighs) getting traction. And they were like, Oh my God, you know, you didn't do what you needed to do. Like you built this for a year without doing X, Y, Z, like without talking to customers, I did talk to customers though, but they like, think they thought like I didn't talk enough or I didn't ask the right questions. And they were like, why don't you know, what your users, why you user want to use this app. And I was like, no, I do know why the users, want. I think, I mean, I asked them and they said, oh, security is really important. And this is really important. They, and then everybody would be like, no, no, no. That doesn't answer the question. That Those are features or, but they were, it was just time. It, they were, everyone was like, oh, you need to change your logo. This, this, this is wrong, this is wrong. But everybody just freaked out too fast. Like, and the, the advice I needed was like, you don't know. It, it's, you just need to be more patient. And that's what happened. So I said, okay, well, I'm having a really tough time. I'm going to give myself 6 months. And if in 6 months I feel like th- nothing is going on, then I'll stop. So I just did the same. I just kept doing what I was doing and then and then it just started to grow. What was what were we originally <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I well, I, I had this thought, you know, talking about how to, uh, how about, about how starting things is hard and then, you know, it oh. just gets easier because I was trying to get, um, yes. just thinking in graphs, sometimes it happens to me in geometrical shapes and stuff. Um, huh? but feeling like it's, it's quite interesting because I think there are two major steep curves when you look at, at. Any project like that, which the first one is really the learning curve and probably the effort curve that you have to put in to learn. And that is very steep. And because we tend to see the maybe the, the short term kind of cycle of things, this looks very intimidating. And to a certain degree, it is because you really can't know what's on the other side of the hill, right? When you start climbing, you really can't know, um, you can't see that far in in a very real sense, I think. Uh, but this first curve, this first climb, actually really opens the possibility of, of a second steep curve coming ahead of you. And that's that's more the curve of just where it becomes easy for you and and the curve of effectiveness of of what you're doing actually and i'm not talking about well you know it's it's bound to succeed or or anything like that but just whatever it is is now it's almost like non-linear it's not that you learn and with learning things get done no you have to climb up one peak and then it's like, oh, I I get these things. Like I have a more coherent worldview of, of what I'm doing or anything like that. And then you could make another jump into the next level because you're actually understanding what you're doing and you're more focused on the goal. You're more um, technically skilled and and so on. So just in my mind, there popped this kind of graph of two... Um, Subsequent humps, kind of curves (laughs) that follow (laughs) one another.
1: Yeah, there's definitely like uh, getting proficient enough to where you can get into a flow. Like you have to get over that that point. But for me, having patience to get through the hump, I like I did. I think I maybe I think I probably took longer than most people would have for a lot of what I do but then eventually like maybe more people should do it should should do it that way because some like otherwise there's just so many people who are um who who can do things a lot faster but then like they quit there's a lot of people who I thought were like about to like pass me up really quickly but then they quit you know so the hump doesn't have to be you, know, you don't have to push yourself like so hard through it maybe that first time mm-hmm.
0: right i'm also wondering um because you're more steeped in in uh, the tech scene i'm also wondering if like at large in society are we is it reflected in how um capital is is um what do you call it when they look for capital, like the startup founders, like raising.
1: Oh, VC. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. If, if, if yeah. capitals are, are raised, if capital is raised. Um, also, do we generally look too much for these charismatic leaders who promise us that they can do things very quickly uh, rather than look for people who are going to do something for the, for the long term and, then you know that I think the charismatic leaders are going to build something that's really based. I think a lot of people will be motivated and and rallied to the cause and so on. But whatever they're building could be a lot more volatile and and unstable. Maybe if it's if the foundations are not hard work but just charisma and uh, you know this kind of yeah just charisma and being able to, to really market themselves very well.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, with, and, and, and that's like a big difference probably too, between a bootstrap company and and VC companies. Um, and, and my competitors, I think are VC or some of them are. And, see like, sometimes they'll, they'll, um, like they'll go for like a lot of vanity metrics to, to show like this big jump from nothing to something big, but it's not, like you said, it's not based on a foundation. It's like, it, it seems like it can, it can crumble really easily for many different reasons. Uh, so they'll, they'll like buy followers and, and then it'll like look like really big, but there's not really like a lot of action on their posts. Um, and and then
0: did someone say bubble? <laughs>
1: <a> bubble, <laughs> like popping, like it's gonna explode, explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like to call it a foundation of marshmallows. So oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> That's good. Yeah,
1: you build a, you build a like an outside structure. Um, it looks like it's good and but the foundation is marshmallows and it's not like something can go really wrong really fast right. and and yeah and even just like your reputation with that like if something goes wrong and you're and you're you don't you haven't really built something up um and you haven't connected with customers or done something the slow way then all these things that you've done like paid for followers or the shortcuts that you took once you mess up those things are going to come out and even just that even like the reputation can be a foundation of marshmallows so right like
0: hmm. yeah whereas whereas you whereas you uh focused more on actually connecting with people and doing that rather than it's diametrically opposite to maybe um doing everything you can to to just track up numbers again that look good as as metrics.
1: Mm. There was this, and there was a company recently that like this was a huge issue with them. They raised, it was called um, Fast. Did you hear about them? No. They raised like millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. And they just, they were making like 50,000 a month or something off of hundreds of millions of dollars and all of the money that they were raising was going to like the and I don't I don't like spreading rumors so like so, I don't know how much of this is like 100% accurate but like it what it seemed like was the founder was spending money on all these publicity stunts driving in on ferraris at to conferences and like doing donuts it, oh, like right, yeah. yeah and like um and uh, they had made it seem like this was like this profitable company, but it was all, it was all just like a show. And they and they burned through hundreds of millions of dollars on, I don't know what, but they were making, they were making 50,000 a month, which would be, which is good if you didn't yeah. spend, like, I was like, oh, that's good. But they just closed, they had to close down the whole company after, I, I don't know how much exactly they burned, but it was a short amount. In short amount of time, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of money that just like, no, it's, it's so crazy to me that nobody was making sure that they're putting money into something that's going to, that's building something real. I guess this happens a lot in VC because they want like it's it's going for the unicorn, going for like something really big, some right. big image that the founder is putting in front of their faces. Like this is what it's going to be. And they just want to jump straight to there without paying attention to what's going on in between.
0: Yeah, it it sounds like we definitely might need um, almost a movement to, to bring this to people's attention that what is good for them might not be this fast track to to riches or fame or anything which we mentioned fame sucks really um
1: but i like i like it too
0: <laughs> well that that's because you're not uh bona fide <laughs> famous yet i think if yeah. you if you read the tim ferris blog post about the dark sides of being famous i don't know it's it completely. I get nervous about that because
1: I want to be, I want fame and and I get nervous that it's not going to, if I get it, I won't like it when it comes.
0: Yeah, I think ideally for me, I think about it a lot, not because I think I'm actually going to be famous, but what if, you know, it's important for me to think about things which I may not necessarily reach that point. But just as a fun experiment, like what if you do win the lottery? Okay. Most people just get there and they're like, what the hell, where am I? You know, I, I thought that was just a dream. What if you just get to a point where you're famous and you have no idea what, what this entails. And soon you find out that it actually sucks because, you know, you do really get letters to your house of like, I'm going to kill you and stuff just because you're famous. And some crazy people, that's, that's their thing. You know, they, they, Whatever they're crazy, um, yeah. so I like thinking ahead of time of of the consequences of of different scenarios, and ultimately, it could be disturbing, probably, if people, if a lot of people know you and know about you, and and
1: yeah, so on. but doesn't it also mean that you might have done something really well and like you might have contributed something?
0: Yes, um it could uh, maybe there's a way around it though do you well that that's a question do you need to be recognized for good things that that you've done it's it's a question like oh. is it for is it for you or is it is it for them is it not really the feeling that we want to have that we did something good that we want um and again, you have. Come with you have the the fame coming with that, but is it something that we really want? I'm, I'm not so sure.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I guess you don't need necessarily to associate your name with what with the work you've done. Is that what you mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've thought a lot about what what it's like to, you know, if you, if you write a book and you use a a pseudonym where it's just not your real name, right. And it's a fantastic book and people love it. You still get the royalties. Okay. Mm -hmm. I assume that you're actually going to be happier than the very famous author. Like you might not get the same um, you might not be seated immediately at a restaurant upon a p- arrival or whatever some of the perks are of actually being famous, but you also won't get the the, the death threats and so on. So people like um, Daft Punk, for example, I think they're probably doing better than actual famous musicians whose faces you, you'd recognize on the street.
1: Yeah, Um but they there are their names known
0: yeah, no and and there there are photos, there are photos of them. they were part of yeah. the music scene they're not completely anonymous, but you and I won't recognize yeah. them. you know, all the there's people all in their industry of, yeah. knows know them
1: there's all sorts of different fame like do it's do you want to be afraid of something because of the possible negative effects when there are also possible upsides to it. Like, I'm not afraid, I get weird, weird people. Weird people can talk to you on the street, you know, but you don't not go outside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely not sure. I'm thinking like I don't maybe, know yeah. maybe you could just do something differently. Like if you recognize that there could be, it's not that you give up, say, oh, I'm not going to make music. So I don't, you know, God forbid, become famous, but maybe you put on a mask. Maybe there are like creative, um, creative ways out of that, that, that will do that. Um, And I also think I want to tie it back to the, to the idea of of patience and doing a lot of the work um, quietly, I think it connects quite um, (laughs) directly to to also the the type of relationship that you have with people who are involved in this, whether they are fans or customers or anyone like that, which we touched on. But uh, more explicitly, I think that the value Of one person who is truly rooting for you and, you know, will actively share your message, will actively talk to people about who you are because they got to know you on a personal level. Mm. That's tricky. You can't put a number to that, a metric, right? And I think that's why it's so tempting to go to like audience size because you can show people, okay, there are 30K people um, seeing my every tweet or whatever. But this one person who is actually now an ally who's very actively assisting you, much more than 10,000 people who are just passively, you know, if they click a like, so what? Mm -hmm. This is something that should be um, a lot more often praised and I think and appreciate I don't think it's it's appreciated enough how much personal relationships um matter and in what way
1: Hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense um and that's I guess that's why I like uh, po- posting that way like posting what I'm doing because it it, it may be boring to a lot of people but it keeps people around who are more invested in, in me actually as a person. Yes. Uh, And, and that's like, it kind of is. So is fame like when the people around you stop knowing you really, but they're, they're still. Okay. Yeah. So like, even though. Like that that can be yeah that can be bad i guess because that that's when you have people who are like who can either really really admire you. well really i like that i like the admiration so they could really really admire you which is nice um and 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 i don't think that's just a selfish thing though it's partly selfish but um then you have also people who like don't really know you and they can hate you um
0: yeah they they do know you but they know a sliver of of what you have to offer as a person you know because if you're whatever it the the motivation for their um admiring matters too so i mean supposedly singers are admired for singing and models are admired for looks and um the elon musks of the world are admired for having money and so on. Um, so it's just taking this narrow part of your personality, you know, obviously they don't really know what it's like and and we never do, uh, which, you know, it, it, we see evidence that this is not easy to deal with, right? Seeing actual yeah. famous people struggling with this. And this is because yes, you're not perceived as a, as a real person. And I think a lot of people Happily, just happily, kind of um, lunge forward at this and try to to get to this point without really thinking about what it looks like. And that was my point when I said, you know, I want to look forward and anticipate challenges, and then maybe I will still decide to do what I, I do, probably. But I will anticipate this, and maybe there's a creative way of of avoiding some of that at least because Mm -hmm. i don't think that anybody in the end wants to be known just by one one aspect of their personality
1: right yeah the i see people who Well, first of all i like that thing you said about the the musician who saw the um the video of people messing up and having a hard time I, i i I feel like more they, people should just like publish more of those difficult times, and I would I would love seeing stuff like that. I think that's great, like exposing yourself to the difficult things that people are going through and and understanding that. Um, but yeah, I see people who will get caught in like this is no now now I realize what people like, so I'm gonna keep posting that. I'm gonna throw out like whatever else i was doing and whatever else i like to do and it could be it could just be like the way they talk like it could, somebody could be there's a lot of people are talking about tech but some people start talking about it in a negative way and that gets a lot of likes if you can share something um gossipy and negative in the tech community it, people love that but like i don't <laughs> want to be known for being if i wanted to i could i any of us could like Get really popular because it's so easy there's so there's so many formulas but like you don't want to be popular for something right that you're not going to want to continue to do now this is how this is why people like you but i i like the idea of having people like like me for me right so i'm going to keep posting what what i like to post um yeah
0: Yeah. And you're going to get some flag from some people for it. And that's a good thing because it means that you're still showing parts of yourself that aren't curated. Um, If you were to become an addict to popularity, then, you know, you would start thinking about saying all the right things all of the time. And that just takes, takes a toll, I think. Um, Yeah. And I think that. You know, the theme of this podcast is well-being and what it means to live well. And I think that it should be emphasized that generally speaking, the approach of connecting with people personally of doing um, maybe lower intensity work over a longer period of time, uh, which is more like slow and steady wins the race, except maybe life isn't a race. It's not something that's to be won and it's not we don't actually compete with other people and i think there needs to be a realization that for your own well-being this is a sound uh, a more sound approach than trying to conquer some peaks in in a crazy time and be featured as you know as an, a millionaire by 25 or any sort of very very ambitious goal because it It takes a toll. And just as you say, um, I know somebody who has hundreds of millions of dollars and it's not easy being him. Okay, so then when I was thinking about what it's like, I realized, well, if you don't have to work, most of us have to work and have to worry about money for um, at least some part of our week or month or something like that. And we're not guaranteed to never run out of money And we can complain about it because it's not the most fun activity. It feels like, let's say, climbing a mountain, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But actually, if you reach the top of that mountain, it's a fallacy that there is nothing to do because then you get atrophied and, you know, even, even being comfortable gets uncomfortable. Just give it a few minutes, right? If you were so comfortable on your couch for... 30, 30 minutes, you're going to be very uncomfortable the next day when your um, back hurts. And this is exactly what I see um, in him having all the money. It's almost like now you're thrown into this exercise which you actually haven't done all your life because now your problems are not the money problems. They're like, what the what the hell am I, what do I, what, what do I even like doing? problem which is no less serious
1: mm, i think um we have a lot of goals that we want to get to and we think that um when we get to them it will like feel like success but then when we, and, and when we get to them it actually it's like a relief but it's not success like when i i thought i would feel like successful when i exercised every day and i i feel proud that i got to that point but it wasn't like success it was just like a relief it was like okay now i can focus on now that i have this habit built i can focus on what i really want and same with um building wish tender it's like i just got into like a a, an amount of profit that's like okay this is an actual salary and i've never really had an actual salary and i've always felt incomplete never Mm -hmm. having an actual salary but it's not like uh i've reached self-actualization or anything like that it's just like i have this relief of okay i can do it i can get to this point now but there's still stuff left to figure out like to make myself whole so getting a hundred million dollars especially if you do it really fast like if you are really successful really fast you're going to be left with a lot of questions and a lot of uh a lot of like it's like excess s success I would think where people maybe even people look at you like you're really successful but you're you that maybe even makes you feel more lost
0: Yes yes that's that's another issue with you know gaining uh publicity of people seem to know you especially if you land in a position that is highly desirable by large numbers of people you know they just look at you and you lose basically in their eyes you lose any sort of um you lose any sort of right to ever complain about where you are, or say, Hey, I'm still struggling with some mm-hmm. things, you know, because people are immediately there to jump and say, well, oh, if you're struggling, then let's switch places. You know, you can, you can take mm-hmm. my struggles if you want. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's, that's very true. And I think that in general, I, I really like the idea of doing things patiently and really getting, getting to, Slowly get used to the water as you get in, uh, slowly get to know the environment and slowly come up with uh, strategies and tactics to really get to where you you want to get without the the pressure of making it or anything like that. I think it does. On in the long run, um, maximize your chances to to actually get there probably because you haven't skipped any, um, any very important stages or steps.
1: Yeah, you almost um, reduce the like luck part if you're going slowly. Right. Um, it, you're, because everything you do, you're looking at really closely and you're learning from really closely, and you're creating this this foundation in in you that's like can can handle this when it happens again because you're 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 more analytical and you're more purposeful about all the challenges you're going through and it's not like just throwing something and trying some getting a bunch of money and throwing it at something to try to grow it really fast you're like understanding how everything's working and so like I think I think risk taking is important. Important, But you maybe learn more from taking smaller risks, like a fast risk, a, a bigger risk is fast, it goes faster, like, I'm going to try to um, throw $100 million in into this mm-hmm. uh, business, and it will either grow really fast, uh, right now, um, or it will fail. And that's the that's a big risk. And, and you're cutting out time and you're exchanging it for uh, money or whatever. And you're also uh not like if you come out of something like that you took a big risk on you it was you're just throwing you're throwing luck at it and you're not going meticulously through how you could have different uh routes you could have taken to not just rely fully on this like black or white yes or no risk does that make sense
0: yeah, it does. And it reminds me of the ancient Greek virtue of sophrosune, which is hard to translate and even into Latin. Um, Cicero wasn't doing a very good job translating it. But if you actually look at uh, Plato's dialogue on the subject and analyze it correctly, which uh, most scholars don't, you realize that this virtue is really can be described as doing things orderly in orderly fashion and i think that taking taking on on a huge risk is is not doing it orderly um and sometimes sometimes the gamble could pay off you know which is the weird part but i think that for a lot of people that took a huge gamble and won which can happen and these are actually a lot of the people that we hear about because that's everybody's dream to take a gamble and win There is even a lacuna in their understanding of how the hell they got there, and
1: lacuna is uh, like a empty, like
0: a yeah, yeah, something lacks, like a a lacking, something is lacking in their understanding of how they actually got there, and they're actually very unlikely to to reproduce what they Mm -hmm. what they did, you know. So you're probably not going to see a lot of consistency in, in doing that. Whereas if you have more consolidated knowledge of how you got to a place and what the steps you were taking, especially if you documented them like you did, it's much more likely that you're going to be able to, um, to replicate your, your success if, and when it comes.
1: Right. Uh, I noticed a lot of, uh first time founders I talked to, I would get a lot of bad advice because a lot of there would be a lot of first time founders that got successful, but they didn't really understand why. Mm. And if I talked to second time founders, um, the advice was usually pretty different. A lot of times it was more hedged,
0: um, probably.
1: What does that mean? I think so. You mean
0: that they they hedge themselves, you know? They know how to say it's like, well, here's my advice. It could be wrong, okay? Because right, I, yeah, exactly, I,
1: exactly. They did. That's what they did. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. The the first time founders were very confident. Yeah. Um. That like I needed to do this specific thing, and the second time founders were like, I think you could try it this way or maybe this way. And then I would be like, I don't mm. know, I'm kind of doing it this other way. And they're like, oh yeah, that might work too. And they're like, well, exactly. you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Cause they realize yeah. like, they realize that, yeah, there's not just one way. When you do something one way and it works and, and you've never failed, then you don't, you don't know that there's, you have a false sense of like no know, uh, knowing. So the, the, the longer, the long-term failure helps you realize what the actual path is, which is often, I guess, it seemed like for them, it was often, um, there wasn't one. It was more like patience, That's it seemed like it, like just keep, just don't give up. That was one of the things I heard from most people who had a lot of experience was like, there's not really one way to succeed, but the one way to fail is is just to, to, to give up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's such a, that's good advice right there. Um, yeah, that's Well, this, this has been great. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I just, I would love for you to share with listeners, um, what wish Tinder actually is because we oh, were yeah. just talking about <laughs> it and also, you know, where you could be found and, and, uh, any such details. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, well, Wishtender is a platform for content creators to get gifts from fans anonymously and safely. Um, so you create a page, list what, list items you want, or things you want funded, like rent, and then you send it to your followers, and they can fund it for you. Um, and then you can, oh, my voice. <clears throat> it's too early. <laughs> it's not really that early, but I woke up late. Um you can find me at um twitter mostly at dash bark Huss, and also instagram and linkedin dash bark Huss on linkedin but mostly mostly twitter but i'm on a lot of places
0: what about the actual mm-hmm. website of wishtender or just the oh, app store
1: it's wishtender.com nice yeah all and right you can follow wishtender too
0: nice i'll put the links of course and yeah thank you so much for for doing this with me and i really enjoyed it and i keep wishing you luck i'm one of these fans of yours that is happy to hear about any development with wish Tender. so keep doing well both in life and in tech and uh, until next time
1: thank you al and i hope to have the same for you
0: thanks